Well, we have been looking at uh, what the Lord has been showing us on moving into the fullness and the maturity of what He has provided for us. And there's nothing more frustrating than to uh, know what is available, but not knowing how to get that working in your life. And here, uh, my commitment is for us to pray and study and hear the Word of the Lord and hear the Spirit of God and ask God's anointing for teaching and ministry and preaching to communicate in such a way that we all rise up to uh, the fullness of that which God has called us to and that we can walk in the manifest of God's plan for our life. And I pray that's going to happen even this morning with this message uh, as we're going to be talking about the faith factor. The faith factor. Because it is impossible to please the Lord without faith. And we want to reach out to everyone on the internet and everyone that we're reaching by radio and reaching throughout uh, the world. We want to reach out to you and say this word is for you as well. And we welcome you from all four corners of the earth here at Christian Embassy. We thank God for you. We pray God's favor and blessings and anointing upon you. And as you receive this word, even in countries where maybe you're facing challenges unlike what we're facing here in America, you can know that the power and the Spirit of God is as effective there as it is here. The promise of God is for you as it is for us. So let's receive the Word of God today. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray anointing. Anointing of your Holy Spirit on our gathering together upon every ear, upon every heart, upon every mind. Lord God, that we would hear Your Word today. God, anoint me and use me as a servant, Lord God, in Your work here today, Lord, to communicate that which You've laid on my heart. Holy Spirit, have Your way. We quench You not. We pray that You would not feel grieved in this place, but You would feel at liberty to move and minister and heal and deliver and raise up and save, even at the preaching of the Word, Lord God. As Peter preached at Cornelius' house, Lord God, even as the preaching of the Word went forth, there were those that were saved, there were those that were healed, there were those that were filled with the Holy Ghost. I pray the same would happen here even today, Lord God, in the preaching of your word. Let the manifest of heaven be real here on earth, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. So we're looking today at the faith factor, and it's so very important as I open up saying, the Bible teaches us that without faith it is impossible there's no other way. It is impossible to please God. And one of those translations is to walk in the pleasure of the Lord. If you want to walk in the pleasure of the Lord or that which He desires for your life, we have to do it by faith. Le learning more about faith, looking at Ephesians 6 is a great place for us to get that better understanding as we study about the armor of God. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord in the power of His might. He's telling us here as brethren, as brothers and sisters in Christ, we have to do something. Verse 11, he says we have to put something on. We have to put the whole armor of God on. I can't put it on for you. You've got to put it on yourself. This is a, a command of God to you that you've got to see the importance of putting on your armor so that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. He didn't tell us the devil is in hell yet. He didn't tell us the devil has stopped his work yet. He's telling us the devil is still attacking the devil is still coming against you. So he's given us what we need to be able to stand against him. And that is putting on the whole armor of God. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against these principalities and powers and rulers of darkness of this age and 
against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. So therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be, with a, be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, come on, say that with me, above all, above all, he says, we must take the shield of faith with which you're able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. You see, together, when we come together, we're like these shields together today, right now, where we have our shield of faith and we can come together and we are stronger together. But the good news is you are not without your weapon, you are not without your defense, you are not without your offense when we separate here and go into our homes and go into our week uh, separately, you're going to be able to take your shield of faith with you. Hallelujah. But while we're here together, come on, let's take our shield of faith together and let's join together. We're quenching every fiery dart of the enemy. Every plan of the devil is being quenched. Every plan of the devil is being defaulted. Every plan of the devil is being canceled. Uh, you're going to go into this week, but the victory, you're going into this week as an overcomer. You're going into this week as more than a conqueror because we've come together in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and His Word. So we must, above all, take the shield of faith for which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts. We're not tired of the fiery darts getting through. Tired of fiery, fiery darts uh, uh, coming in and taking part of our flesh out. No, we're going to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. You need to learn to pray in the Spirit. You need to be at liberty to pray in the Spirit. You say, well, I don't believe in that. Well, then you are not prepared for battle. The enemy's going to take you out. He said part of your, or your armor is praying always in the Spirit. You've got to learn to pray in the Spirit. You've got to free yourself to pray in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's ready to flow through you. The Holy Spirit's ready to manifest Himself. Don't grieve Him. Don't quench Him. You say, well, that's not my theological persuasion. Who cares about a a theological persuasion when you're on the battlefield you're on the battlefield and the devil's fixing to take your head off come on and all you got to do is say this is part of a weaponry that God has given me that I can come against I can even I can uh, extinguish what the enemy is fired up and planned to destroy me Lord let, I tell you what that, I let that kind of theology say you know what that's wrong theology I need I need the word of God I need wordology amen so being, uh, praying always in all prayer in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now there's a lot of armor listed there, but this morning we're specifically focusing on the shield of faith. The shield of faith. And up until now, Paul's description through all of the uh, uh, weapons, uh, the enemies coming against us and how we're to put on the armor to defend ourselves are limited to items that we wear but here, you know, like the belt of truth, you, you fasten it on the, the breastplate of righteousness, you fasten it on the shoes of peace, you, pass, you fasten those on. But he says the shield is different. Paul tells us that we have to do something with this shield. We have to take it up. We have to hold it up. So if you ever get weary and drop it, then you're vulnerable. If you drop it, the enemy's going to get a fiery dart in. So we have to be encouraged. I mean, you can put your breastplate of righteousness on and even though you're tired, you, you, you still are protected there. But if you get tired and drop your shield of faith, you leave yourself vulnerable to these fiery darts. 
So I'm here to encourage somebody today. I am here to stir somebody up today. I'm here to remind somebody today why it is important for you to continue to hold up your shield of faith. Now, the shield of faith, as you'll see here, is not the standard medieval-esque type shield that we most picture in our minds when we hear this word. Uh, it's not that straight, uh, you know, just rectangular uh, a shield. It is actually a shield with a curve to it, slightly curved, rectangular shield, about three and a half feet high and about three feet wide. And uh, the soldiers were able to use that uh, to, to quench all of those fiery darts that were coming against them. And because of that slight curve, it was able to deflect the attacks that were coming against them and transferring the full force that would have tried to knock them down, it would transfer and, 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 and kind of ricochet or bounce it off uh, of, of the side. The shield of faith. Let me tell you, God has given us faith, and our faith has been constructed. It has been designed by the engineer of heaven. He who created the heavens and the earth engineered it for us. And it is not for us to take the full blunt of what the enemy is bringing against us. But it is to, it is to, uh, uh, to uh, deflect what the enemy is trying to do to knock us over and, and knock him out of our path so we can keep moving forward. And there's this metal knob that, that is in the center of it there called the boss. Okay, I like that. It's called the boss. And, uh, and they would take that knob and they would, they got the other, in the inside, they're holding the other half of it. And they were able to use that as a punching glove, you might would say as well. So not only is it deflecting the fiery darts, not only is it deflecting the full force of the impact coming against them, they can take the boss and knock somebody's breath out. They can break knees with it. They can punch somebody in the sternum, even though they had their other breastplate on uh, enemy, they could hit them in the sternum with the boss and literally break their ribs and knock them, the air out of them and knock them out of the way so that they could press forward. They could hit somebody so hard with that boss, uh, even if they had a helmet on, and it would knock them crazy. They'd see birds. They'd see little Tweety flying around, you know, tweet, 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 while they're chasing Tweety, that they just, they just go right on. Okay, God has given us faith with such force, faith that is so powerful, faith that we can move the armies of the enemy out of our way. Now, let us look at God's definition of faith because Wikipedia will tell you what it says, but let me tell you what, when God gives you a definition, that's better than Wikipedia. In Hebrews 11 and 2, he says, now faith. So I love it what God says. He didn't say faith is some historical relic. Faith is some uh, you know, educational uh, 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 learning uh, uh, situation. He said, no, it has to be a now faith. It has, faith without faith being active, without faith standing up, Faith is not faith. So it's a now faith. It's something for you right now. So whatever you're facing right now, a now faith can take care of it. Whatever the enemy's bringing against you right now, you don't have to worry about whatever the enemy's bringing against you. You have a now faith that can handle it. Hallelujah. We're going to learn how to use that now faith. It is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. For by it, the elders obtained a good testimony. You want a good testimony? You know what a good testimony is? I was sick, but now I'm healed. You know what a good testimony is? I was bound, but now I'm free. You know what a good testimony is? I couldn't make, uh, I couldn't make my bills. I couldn't pay my bills. I was losing everything, but now I got excess. I'm looking at how to invest it. You know what? That's a good testimony. 
And he says, by that, those who are mature in the faith. Elders mean those who are mature in the faith. The ones who are mature in the faith got a good testimony. Well, hey, guess what? We're Christian embassy. We're going to be elders. We're going to be mature in faith. We're going to not just talk about faith. We're not going to just read about faith. We're not going to just sing about faith. We're going to take now faith and we're going to use it on the, on the, on, as a weapon on this battlefield and we're going to advance for God. Hallelujah. So faith by definition is not some hazy emotion without any grounding in reality. We're not talking about a feeling. We're not talking about goosebumps. We're talking about something that is re irrefutable truth. It is real and God backs it up. See, God and faith is the major factor of God's economy of doing things. Uh, we were able to travel and do some missions work and teaching conferences and preaching in churches uh, throughout Europe this summer. And uh, one of those, uh, several of those were in the Czech Republic. But while we were there, we went to Prague. And when we were at Prague, uh, until we got there, everything we did, we were able to use our credit card. But when we got to Prague and we were in town center, and let me tell you what, it was hot and humid if anybody tells you it's not hot in Europe, they're a liar. And say, liar, liar, pants on fire. And if anybody tells you it's not humid in, you know, people like to really be down on us in Virginia. Oh, it's humid there in Virginia. It's not humid here. Let me tell you what. It was humid in Czech Republic. It was humid in Europe. Anybody tells you there's no humidity there, they lie. They got just as much water as we got, okay? And they got heat, and heat and water makes humidity. So... Uh, we were there, and I'm telling you, kids were uh, thirsty and, and, and hot, and we were hot, and we were walking there in town center, and, and there we saw this uh, shop that had a long line at it. It was like, man, that must be a really popular place, and it smelled amazing. It's where they were cooking these uh, uh, cake um, cones, you know, not like the waffle cones we've got, the little thin things or little cake cones we call here. I'm talking about real cake, real thick cake cones, and they were baking it there and putting gelato or ice cream in it. And can you imagine the smell? Can you imagine the looking at that cold ice cream? Oh my goodness, it was so hot and humid. So we waited in the long line and we got to the counter and we put our order in. And, uh, and, and you know, you don't know if you communicated correctly, if you're going to get 20 of it or 10 of it. You hope you correctly, you know, it says five of us, five, you know. And... Uh, and then we went to pay with the credit card, and they went, no, no, no. I was like, oh, oh, so you're giving it to us. No, no. Okay, well, what's wrong? Uh, we need check. I'm like, yeah, we're in check. You know, and he's like, no, check. And he's like, oh, that's what they call their currency. So we, we had to leave our order, and there was that long line behind us, and they're like, get out the way, get out the way, you know. So we got out the way, and they got our ice cream, and we went looking for Western Union, and went there and we made a transfer of uh, our American money for Czech uh, currency. And uh, I, was, I was pretty fed up by then. I'm like, I'm not waiting in that line again. I'm, I done lost my appetite. I didn't even get one. I said, no, I, I had, your pastor gets an attitude too. You get me hot, you get me hot and humid, I got an attitude too. I said, I, he, he done turned me down once. I'm not, I'm not getting one. And the kids are like, well, we, we want one. And mom's like, I want one. And I was like, okay, well, we'll go for you guys, but I'm not getting one. The, pr the principle of the matter. <laughs> we got up there, and instead of five, we get four. And uh, they get them together, and we paid with the check currency and was able to appropriate, or we were able to take possession of what we desired because we had the, the, cur the, the correct currency to make the exchange. 
Well, faith is just that. It is the currency of heaven that God has given us access to that we can take and appropriate or take possession of everything that has been provided to us and for us in and through Jesus Christ. Because Jesus, through His death, His burial, and His resurrection, has provided so much for us. And we, the church, are not taking advantage of it. We've not even scraped the surface and tapping into all that Jesus has provided for us. And He's made it available to everyone. It is available to you. It is available to your family. It is available to every one of us. But I must underscore, it is not automatic. It is not automatic. It is available, but it is not automatic. We have to make our withdrawal from the God's grace account that He has set up for us by using faith. That's why faith is so very important. It is how we make the transaction here on earth to take advantage of the manifest of that which God has already provided for us from heaven. I'll give you an example. Salvation has been provided over 2,000 years ago. I'm telling you, it is God's will that none should perish. Matthew 18 and 14. Is it God's will that you go to hell? No. Is it God's will that your family member go to hell? No. It is God's will that none should perish. Okay, that's God's will. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever, what? Believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So we see that while God's will is that none should perish, there will be those who perish who do not believe in His Son, Jesus Christ. Now that's not God's will. So He has made salvation available to everyone, but by faith we must believe to receive that salvation in our life. Amen. And same thing is true with healing. Isaiah 53 and 5, the prophet could see by the Spirit of God uh, a thousand years ahead, he could see and he began to prophesy the Messiah's coming and when the Messiah comes, by his stripes we will be healed. He's coming, he's going to be whipped on a post. It really weren't using that uh, 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 type of, of, of thing in that day and setting with Isaiah, but the Spirit was showing him. He was letting him see ahead. Uh, in the prophet, as, a, as a prophet, he could see that the Messiah was going to be, there were stripes coming upon him, but by his stripes, there was going to be healing released to us. Hallelujah. And then Matthew 8 and 16, when, every, when evening had come, they brought to Jesus many who were demon-possessed, and Jesus cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So when the Messiah came, he came to deal with infirmity and he came to deal with sicknesses. I'm telling you, it's not God's will that the enemy roll you over with infirmities and sickness. It is not God's will. Jesus came and split the horizon with his very presence to come here on this earth to take on infirmity and to take on sickness. And then they tied him to a post on the day they crucified him and they beat him with the cat of nine tails and every stripe that went upon his back, Peter tells us past tense that by now those stripes you were healed. So it's in your bank account. It's in your grace account. 
Salvation is in your grace account. Healing is in your grace account. Do you hear what I'm saying? Psalms 107 and 20. He sent His Word and He healed them and delivered them from all their destruction. One translation says He sent His Word and healed all their diseases and everything the devil put against the people of God, God healed them of. When the Word came, Jesus is the Word. The Word is come and we have the Word today. It's a done deal. By His stripes you were healed. So the question is, if Jesus died to provide healing for everyone, then why is every Christian not healed? And if Jesus provided salvation for everyone, then why isn't everyone saved? It's a good question. Well, I can tell you one of the reasons because everyone's not healed is because we are in a war. And the Bible tells us the enemy is shooting fiery darts. He is trying to kill, steal, and destroy. He never takes a vacation. He never, midnight, he doesn't say it's time to go to bed. He doesn't care if he gets overtime because he has a passion and a desire to do everything to come against the people of God that he can. So day and night, 24-7, He has a a demonic force working with him that is trying to bring in death, trying to bring in destruction, and trying to bring loss into your life. We are in a real warfare. And that's why we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but it's these principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places that are trying to kill us. I'm telling you, the devil's trying to kill you. You say, well, I I, I feel like I'm about to die. He's trying to kill you. Jesus said in John 10 and 10, Satan comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. That's all he thinks about. If he offers you anything sugary and sweet, it's just a gummy worm on a hook so that he can hook you and pull you down into his destruction. The devil will only give you good to bring you bad because he wants to kill you. He wants to steal from you. He wants to destroy you. I'm telling you, we are in a real war. And there are many of us Christians that have had the fiery darts come through a a, a breach in our shield of faith and take us. Every one of us has got scars. Every one of us, not one of us have missed out on that. I'm telling you. But we need to learn. That's why we're studying together today. We need to learn. Wait a minute. That our shield of faith, we can't let it down. Our shield of faith, we can't leave it leaning against the tree while we're taking a snack break. We can't. No, our shield of faith above all has to be up. It has to be because the devil's always trying to get in any way he can. And we need each other. Okay. So Jesus has provided healing for every one of us. But while it is available, it's not automatic. But the good news is we can appropriate our healing. Come on now. A fiery dart got in and took part of our lung out. But we can appropriate healing for our lung. Come on now. By faith. We can take hold. We make the exchange just like the check uh, currency could get us what we wanted. Faith is the currency of heaven that can get us what Jesus has already deposited in our account. When you go to your ATM Grace account, you punch in F-A-I-T-H. Faith is the code that will get it out. It has to be a now faith. It can't be grandma's faith. It can't be some uh, preacher of old's faith. It has to be a now faith. It has to be your faith. It has to be your shield. It has to be your standing upon the promises of God. Hallelujah. 
Another thing that we must appropriate by faith is prosperity. A lot of people say, well, I don't want to hear the prosperity gospel. I'm like, well, I, if I was to preach a poverty gospel, I'd have to take the gospel part off of it because that's not good news. You're going to be poor. You're not going to be able to feed your children. You're not going to be able to clothe your family. You're going to live under sewers. You're going to live under a bridge. You know, praise God. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? No, nobody said, don't preach that over me. I don't want that over me. But because a few knuckleheads have gone to the extreme for their own gain of prosperity, we think that we're going to throw away the very doctrine of prosperity. We're going to throw away God's promise to us? I don't think so. We're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater, okay? We're going to get that dirty bathwater out, but we're going to keep the baby, and the baby is prosperity. Hallelujah. God wants you to prosper. God wants to prosper and bless his people. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich for your sakes, he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. There was a curse, the Bible says, of that poverty, that you would be hungry and thirsty, you would be naked and in want of all things. And the Bible says that's the sign of the curse of poverty. But Jesus, not his whole life, but the day he was crucified, he hung on that cross naked, he hung up there thirsty and hungry, he even says, I thirst. Their, 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 their soldiers are, are gambling for his clothes because he's hanging there naked. Why did the Bible tell us all of that? That even when they took him off the cross, he owned nothing. They had to place him in a borrowed tomb. Why does the Bible tell us all of that? Because he took poverty head on right there. For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich for your sakes, for your sakes, he became poor that you through his poverty might become rich. Hallelujah. That's why Galatians 3 and 13 says you're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and he took the curse off of us by curse, because cursed is he who hangs on a tree so he could get the blessing on us on that cross. He set us free. Hallelujah. Beloved, I pray that you prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So in your bank account, your grace account is prosperity. More than enough. El Shaddai. He is the God of more than enough. There's superfluous, overflow. Jesus said, I've come to give you life, life more abundant. A more abundant means superfluous. It means overflow. It means beyond anything you could even imagine. Hallelujah. And by faith, you can appropriate the supernatural provision of God. He's given us His joy, the Bible says. is another thing that He's deposited in, into our account. And the joy of the Lord is our strength, and we appropriate it by faith. Praise God. So God wants you to be happy. God wants you to have a happy marriage. You say, well, this is a miserable marriage I'm in. You know, it kind of reminds me of the couple. They're sitting on the front porch, and, and uh, she had this romantic moment. And, you know, they're an elderly couple, and she just thought back, and she said, I remember when you used to hold my hand. So he's like, oh, so he reaches over and he takes her by the hand. She smiles. I remember, oh, how I remember when you'd kiss me on the cheek. He leans over, leans, or leans over and he kisses her on the cheek. She smiles. She said, oh, I remember when you used to nibble on my ear. And he jumped up and starts running in the house. She's like, where are you going? He said, I'm going to get my teeth. Jesus wants you to have a happy marriage. He wants you to have a happy life. He wants you to have success. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to prosper even as your soul prospers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> help me, Lord. So now, real quickly, real quickly. Y'all help me do this real quickly. Four 
dynamics of the faith fast factor. I've, I've preached these many, many times, but we're going to review them because we're going into a victorious week. We're going to a more than conqueror week. Amen. So the first one is faith has ears. Faith has ears. Faith hears what others do not. As I'm preaching the Word of God, you're hearing the promises of God. You're hearing the miraculous things that God has been uh, stirring in your heart. You're hearing what you're not hearing. Hallelujah. Because faith has the ability to hear things beyond the audible limitations of our physical ear. For Romans 10 and 17, for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Even as I'm preaching right now, faith is rising up. Faith is coming to you. Hallelujah. And it's connecting your spirit with the, the promises of God. And, and something and you says, I'm, I'm going to believe God for more. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live at another level. This week is going to be a miraculous week. I'm not going to live with this limp. I'm not going to live with this pain. I'm not going to live with this loss. I'm not going to live with this setback because I'm, I'm tapping in to the supernatural provision of God. Hallelujah. Because when faith begins to rise up on the inside of you, it says, you know what? That ain't right. This just ain't right. I don't have to live with this. This thing ain't permanent. They tell me it's permanent, but it ain't permanent. You know, I, this thing is not how it's going to turn out. This is not the final word of the matter. Uh, you know, the healing is for me. Deliverance is for me. Jesus has already provided it, and I'm going to appropriate it. Hallelujah. Because now faith is that faith that rises up in the moment. It's not about the future. Uh, that's hope. It's not about the past. That's your experience. It's right now. Somebody, right now, your faith needs to rise up and deal with whatever it is you need to deal with. Kind of like Elijah, I love that story in 1 Kings 18 and 41 where it hadn't rained for three and a half years and there's a drought in the land. But the Bible says Elijah, he understood that faith has ears. In 1 Kings 18 and 41, he says, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Now you and I know by the uh, empirical research of the story that the servant went and looked over the hillside and saw no, not a cloud in the sky. So there was no way he audibly heard the abundance of rain. But faith had ears. And faith says, I'm hearing, I'm hearing the abundance of rain. And what faith does is it begins to become magnetic and pull in. It begins to pull in what it's hearing, pull in what it's seeing, pull in what it's believing for. Some of you got to get your faith to pull it in right now. And he said, you need to go, go, uh, you know, Tom, I don't know what the guy's name was. He said, go, Tom, and look and see what you see. And he came back and said, you know, Elijah, I don't see anything. He said, go again. Go again, go again, nothing, go again, nothing, go again, nothing. Because faith doesn't give up. Faith says, I know what God is doing. I know what God has promised. I know, I know. And, and, and it's pulling it in. And then, then the seventh time, the, Tom comes back and he says, well, I see a cloud about the size of a man's hand. And Elijah says, it's time to get off the mountain, get Ahab off the mountain. There's a mudslide coming. There's an abundance of rain coming because his faith pulled in what three and a half years experience could not give them. You may have been going through three and a half years of pain or three and a half years of loss or three and a half years of setback or three and a half years of misery, but I'm here to tell you, let faith, and now faith rise up and begin to hear what God is saying, what God has promised, and begin to pull it in and bring about a whole change to the atmosphere that you live in. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I hear the voice of God. Hallelujah. And faith has ears, but faith also has a voice. Faith has to speak. You can't be silent. You cannot uh, like Elijah says, I hear the abundance of rain. He began to speak it. you got to speak it. you got to say it. Romans 4 and 17, it is God who quickens the dead and calls those things which is not be, uh, be as though they were. He calls that which is not and says, you're going to be this. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, I'm glad that God works that way. 
Because you know what? God could have looked at you or He could have looked at me and He says, oh, look at that drug addict. Oh, look at that old drunk. Oh, look at that carnal, self-centered, egotistical jerk. Look at that worldly, self-righteous pig. You know, He could have called us whatever we were, but rather than that, He didn't call us what we were. He began to call us what we are to become. Hallelujah. He said, you mighty man of valor. You mighty woman of honor. You mighty warrior. You're an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. You're going to be the head and not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. You're blessed coming in and blessed going out. You shall be. You shall be. We need to start talking like Father God. We need to start talking like our God uh, using our shield of faith uh, because faith has a language. Hallelujah. That's why Jesus said in Matthew 17 and 20, He said, if you have the faith of a grain of a mustard seed, you shall say to a mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and not doubt in your heart, but believe those things which you say shall come to pass. You will have whatsoever you say. Three times Jesus says faith has a language. It has a voice. It has to talk. Hallelujah. And it's time that we start talking it. It's time we start saying it with our mouth. It's time we start believing it in our heart. Hallelujah. You need to stop talking about the obvious. You need to stop talking about how bad it is. Uh, things are getting worse. Uh, well, the money didn't come in. Uh, well, the business isn't doing that great. Anybody can speak the obvious. Uh, a fool can speak the obvious. Don't fall into that trap. When you're down and out, don't speak the obvious. Uh, if you will listen, please hear me. If you will listen, you'll hear words come up in you. Something like this. Uh, I know it looks bad, but I I want to say God is not through blessing me yet. It may look bad, but I know God's going to see me through. God's going to make a way where there is no way. I don't know how He's going to do it. I don't even know exactly when He's going to do it, but I know He's going to do it. He's going to turn this thing around. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Let the sick say, I am healed. That's what we need to learn, that, that faith has a voice and we've got to speak it. We've got to speak it. Amen. Hallelujah. Romans 12 and 14 says, Speak good and curse not. Proverbs 18 and 21 says, Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Faith has a voice. And then the third thing is faith has eyes. Faith has eyes. Faith can see what others can't see. Faith can look at the same circumstances everybody else is looking at and say, You know what? I see, I see a way out. I see a turnaround. I see a breakthrough. I see, I see the hand of God. That mighty right hand of God coming into this situation is going to turn it all around. Hallelujah. You come in here seeing one way. Your faith can rise up. You'll leave here seeing a whole different way. It has vision. It has vision. And when you line up with the vision of God, you'll see the provision of God. Hallelujah. I, I, love, I love Hebrews 11 and 27. It says, by faith. The Bible says, by faith. It was Moses. He left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. And he persevered. Somebody needs that word right there. Perseverance. Perseverance. Oh, you thought it didn't happen overnight. It's not going to happen. Perseverance. Oh, I picked my shield of faith up and it didn't happen immediately. I'm going to drop it again. No, above all, holding up. Holding up a shield of faith. With perseverance, he persevered because he saw him who was invisible. Hallelujah. Faith has eyes to see what you can't see. 
you can see the invisible hand of God. You can see the invisible bank account of God. You can see the invisible provision of God. You can see it. It's in the invisible, and your faith is going to bring it into the visible. I'm telling you, we need a revelation or an illumination of this revelation so that we can see an appropriation and a manifestation of what God has provided for us. Hallelujah. So we see the invisible by faith. Oh, I pray you would open your eyes and 2 Corinthians 5 and 7, walk by faith and not by sight. That we begin to open our faith eyes and walk in what God has said. I'm walking towards the promises of God. I'm walking towards the healing of God. I'm walking towards the deliverance of God. I'm, wa not, I'm not walking in the bad report I have, and I'm not denying the bad report, but I'm walking in the provision and the promise of God. My faith is going to appropriate it. I'm going to the Western Union, and I'm going to make the exchange and get my faith. So that, And the Western Union is Christian embassy, and I'm going to get my faith so that I can make the exchange and take what God has provided from heaven on earth and see it manifest in my life. And then the last one is faith chooses to move forward. Faith is going to move forward. You're going to rise up out of your seat in a few minutes and we're going to walk out of here. But we're going to walk out of here with a mindset of moving forward. We're going to the next level. We're going into the provision of God. We're going into the plan of God. We're going into the purpose of God. Somebody say amen. amen. Because faith people don't give up. Faith people don't give up. Faith people meet the same adversities. They meet the same obstacles. They meet the same disappointments and attacks that everybody else faces. But we meet it with a different attitude and with a different outlook because we know no matter what the devil throws against us with the power of God, we're going to press through. Our shield of faith is curved. It's going to deflect the enemy. we got a boss. We're going to knock the devil out. We're going to quench the fiery dark. And we're going to keep moving forward to the next level. Faith people say, I will not quit. Faith people say, I will not lay down. Faith people say, I will not die here. I choose to move forward. I choose to move forward. That's how you know you got faith. You're not giving up. Faith progresses. Faith advances. Faith presses on in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I thank you, Lord, that you're going to move and minister in and through your people today. The devil's going to come in and say, ah, you got something to cry about cry cry I like Exodus 14 and 15 the Israelites are at the Red Sea the enemies behind them coming to destroy them Red Sea's in front of them and the Lord said to Moses why to ask to be why y'all standing here crying why y'all crying to me he said tell the children of Israel to go forward they had a Red Sea but he said stop crying go forward they'd never seen a Red Sea split before they had no idea that that could happen. But God said, I'd make a way where there didn't seem to be a way. I don't know what Red Sea you're coming up against. But God said, don't stand at the shoreline and cry over it. Move forward. Faith moves forward. Hallelujah. And that's what God wants to do. You say, I lost my job, but I'm moving forward. I got a bad doctor's report, but I'm moving forward. It don't look like it's all going to work out, but I choose to believe God, and I'm moving forward. I'm not laying down. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to give up. I got faith. Hallelujah. Faith says, I know things are tough, and I know things are hard, but I'm not going to quit. I'm still putting one step in front of the other. Like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who went into the fiery furnace, they said, my God is able to deliver us. But if he doesn't deliver us from it, he's going to walk with us through it. And the Bible says, Nebuchadnezzar, 
Nebuchadnezzar saw them walking, walking. They were moving forward. They weren't going to stay. They were moving forward. And I'm telling you, the fourth man was with them on their forward movement. And if you'll keep moving forward, you're going to have the Son of the living God with His resurrection power walking right there with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I thank God for His goodness and His mercy and His blessings. Hallelujah. It's time we say we're going to move forward. I just hear the word of the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I hear you, God, saying to speak it over your people. Keep on walking. Keep on walking. You may not know what you're going through, but keep on walking. You've been praying for your children. Keep on walking. Keep on walking. You've been praying for your healing. Keep on walking. You've been praying for a breakthrough. Keep on walking. Keep on walking. Hallelujah. You're going to come out it. You're going to come through the fire. Your hair's not going to be singed and there's not even going to be a smell of smoke on you. Hallelujah. As we move forward. Would you stand with me, please? Lord, we just stand together as a sign that we're standing on your word. We're standing on the promises. We're standing on the blessing. We're standing on our grace account. Hallelujah. That has been set up for each and every one of us. And in our grace account, we have salvation. And in our grace account, we have healing. And in our grace account, we have deliverance. And in our grace account, we have joy. And in our grace account, Lord God, we have provision. And in our grace account, we have everything that is needed because you've come to give us an abundant life. Hallelujah. As we stand here on your word today, God, we hear the teaching of your word that we need a now faith. Right now faith. A now faith. So God, we lift up our shield of faith. We grab it by the boss and we lift it up and we quench these fiery darts. We're not surprised the devil's trying to put sickness on us. We're not surprised the devil's trying to get us with infirmity. We're not surprised the devil's trying to make us go broke. We're not surprised the devil's trying to steal our joy. We're not surprised the devil's trying to rob us of our peace. We're not surprised. No. These fiery darts. But we've got a shield of faith. We've got a shield of faith deflecting every fiery dart, quenching every fiery dart. But we're not going to stand still. No, Lord God, we're going to possess the land. We're going to plant the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ on that hill of victory as we move forward. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! So, Lord God, we stand on our feet and, and we give you praise here this morning. And we call that thing that is not as though it were, so that it turns into that which you promised in the name of Jesus. We call that lost child saved. We call that pain gone. We call that infirmity. We call it removed and healed in the name of Jesus. We call that broken heart mended and whole. We call that lack and want blessed and overflowing in the name of Jesus. We call it as though it be according to your grace account provided through the atonement by faith. We appropriate it even now in Jesus' name. So Lord God, I pray by the power of your spirit that you would seal this upon the hearts and the minds of us that if we go into this day with our corporate shields of faith, Lord, as we would now take our individual shield of faith that we would take it home with us. We'd take it to work and take it to school with us the way that you called us to use it. And Lord God, if there's anybody here right now that has walked away from you or who is not in relationship with you, Jesus, you said you're the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except by you. You wouldn't have made that declaration and that promise to us. You wouldn't have ever said that had you not made a way for every one of us to come to you. You're the bridge that gaps sinful man to a sinless God. And we must travel across you, Jesus. We thank you.
there's someone here tuned in someone you may be in another country you may be listening at this at another time but if you are listening to the word of the Lord right now and you're in this place or listening and you are afar from God you're far off from God you don't know him as your Lord and Savior but you want to faith has been stirred in you and you want to embrace him as Lord of Lord and King of Kings in your life the Bible says if you will believe in your heart that God has raised his son Jesus from the dead meaning that if you believe Jesus is alive and you will confess with your mouth that I surrender to you Jesus I give my life to you come in and forgive me of my sins Lord I repent I want you to forgive me take your sinless blood and pay my sinful account cleanse me wash me white as snow Lord God I confess your Lordship I surrender to you the Bible says you're saved the Bible says your name is written in the Lamb's book of life in heaven the Bible says angels begin to dance and rejoice in heaven because of your salvation because you've appropriated or taken hold of what God has provided for you. All these other things that I've listed, they're yours as well, but salvation is where it begins, in that relationship. You just pray a simple prayer like this, Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins, Lord. Lord, I believe that you are the Son of God. You are the one and only way, and I love you, Jesus. I embrace you as my Lord and Savior. I give my life to you this day to serve you and surrender every day of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. You can pray a prayer like that. The Bible says you're saved. Now you need a Bible, come see me or go to the Welcome Center. We've got a Bible for you. If you need some instructions on how to tie in the discipleship class so you can learn and grow, uh, we've got all that at Welcome Center. But we encourage you to come back here every Sunday and Wednesday because we're going to keep teaching you as well. But for everyone who has appropriated salvation by faith and you are rejoicing in your salvation, I want you to let out a shout. Thank you, Jesus. Every one of you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now let's go move forward and take possession of all that Jesus has provided. Amen. God bless you. Love on one another. Shake somebody's hand. Come on.